Soccer is back, you guys. We made it. We're just five days away from the kickoff of the MLS is back tournament live from Walt Disney World with Orlando City and Inter Miami kicking things off Wednesday at 8 p.m. And most, more importantly than that, we're just five days away from DC United Soccer live again, 8 p.m. on Friday, Toronto FC taking on DC United. Guys, I can't wait. I can't believe we're here. I I also cannot believe we're here. It's mind blowing. Like this is a a pregame show, a pre DC United looking forward. I, I I obviously don't have words. I'm just so excited. Sam's so excited the words won't come to her. <laughs> it's not making any sense. And, and, and I'll pipe up and, and admit, you know, last week we experimented with me on the board. So if things are a little bit rough, you know who to blame. But I, I just switched on to the video, and, and we we got a new setup, guys. Yeah, for better or worse, you got to look at our ugly faces. So, you know, if you're listening on the Speak podcast, yourself, you're friend. probably happy. Uh, but if you're joining us live, you can see us now. And, uh, that's hey, a thing. Hey, you know, <laughs> we're going new, big new things. We've got a big new tournament. We've got big things coming for DC United in the next, you know, what, five, six weeks. Yeah. And maybe we'll have another trophy to look at. Yeah, it's going to be a really exciting couple of weeks. And as, as more and more teams enter the bubble, um, it does seem like that there's a little bit of anxiety, unfortunately, but DC United's original travel plan was to go down on Friday. Uh, they made it, they checked into the bubble. They had their first session yesterday and, and coming up uh, at the top of the hour here, if you're joining us live, um, Roy Valeta and Sam Legg will be joining us from inside the bubble and we'll get our first insight into how things are going down in Orlando for the black and red. But guys, from what you've been hearing so far, um, it sounds like the three of you are just as excited as I am to get this thing underway, but uh, you know, what, do, what are your thoughts as, as we're, we're officially in a game week again for the first time since March? Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting um, because there is difficulty for some teams to be getting in the bubble. Um, and I think that there are some questions still floating around about, you know, if the league hopped into this too soon. Like, obviously, the NWSL is already playing and, you know, it took the league forever to get here, it felt like. But at the end of the day, like, I think we all want players to still be safe. Um, and I think that there are some questions about that. So it'll be interesting to see like how those unravel because there are teams, like we'll talk about this in a little bit, but for example, um, Toronto, they have had to push back their date to travel two days in a row now um, because of positive tests and potential symptoms. So I think it like there's the soccer part of it and then there's also like the human part of it. Um, and it's just really interesting to watch that, how that's coming. Yeah, I think as a fan, you know, I've got nothing but excitement to see the, the players back on the field, you know, actually see live U.S. men's soccer happening. You know, I am overjoyed to have that coming on, you know, but from a human level, yes, you, you do look at some of the you know, scary elements of what's going on there, and you, you do hope that everything goes right. Uh, it, it seems like they've, you know, been doing lots of testing. They've been, you know, trying to follow all the steps they've laid out in advance, and there's always going to be risks involved with anything like this, particularly in the, the time that we're in. So I think we hope for the best. And, you know, as fans, we look forward to seeing what comes on the field. Yeah. And that's been the reactions on Twitter. They're, they're, they're all over the place. People are excited, but people are also freaking out every time one player tests positive. I, I know it's a big deal to have coronavirus, but I think I saw some statistics that in, in the bubble or in MLS, it's like a literally less than 1% rate and in, in, in America right now it's uh, it's way 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 above that <laughs> yeah uh, so so I don't think the bubble 
I think it's important to note that the bubble wasn't designed to keep everything out. It, it's just designed to keep most of it out. Um, and, and so uh, I think we will have this tournament. I, I don't think it's a bad thing that they're, they're moving forward, uh, and I'm really pumped for it. Yeah, and, and Stephen Goff had a great quote uh, the other day that he got it. Someone close to the situation, of course, anonymously saying, the biggest issue by far is getting teams safely into the bubble. Yeah, and, and it's a too. bit of a waiting game, right? And the incubation period obviously makes this tough, and we've talked for months about you know, sort of what that looks like. But the feeling there is that the protocol is strong. You know, it's just you got to get people checked into Orlando. You deal with the positives, you isolate them, and then you move from there. And and it's it's true. Just as as, as we go live here, Paul Tenorio uh, reporting with Sam Stasekul, both from the Athletic, that Nashville SC has had five players test positive since they arrived in Orlando just on Friday. You know, today's Sunday as, as we're going live, and so one tested positive upon arrival, and four more since. They haven't trained since Tuesday, um, and, and of course they've got a game on Wednesday night against the fire. So we've already seen, uh, you know, Toronto's push back their, their flight into town. I think the Red Bulls push back a couple of days. They're arriving today, I believe. Um, and we've seen uh, the FC Dallas opener uh, is going to be pushed back to, to a date, you know, to be determined. But Joshua, I kind of agree with you. It's like, we'll get this thing moving. It'll all be okay. But, you know, some of these initial first round games might get pushed back a little bit. We might have to be a little flexible, but, um, fascinating getting teams into the bubble i mean it's fascinating hearing what's happening within the bubble as well um you know a lot of the players are are not i mean a lot of them granted were not super happy to be going into the bubble um they didn't want to be away from their homes and families for that long but now that they're there um you know there's a lot there are a lot of interesting photographs and complaints going around um what do y'all think of that a, a lot of comparisons to fire festival but i think that's just just players being dramatic. The whole yeah. sandwich gate thing that blew up. It was it was literally like while you're being held, while we check your test, like that's what you have to eat. And then yeah. they well, have six restaurants waiting for them once they get inside. It's- I'll tell you on that though, our our Walt Disney World beat writer Abby was reporting earlier <laughs> today to me that the, the sandwich gate might actually be fake. Uh, there were some some people went under undercover and were comparing photos of that, and they're like, hold on, that's not from the Swan or the Dolphin. So I don't know what hotel these people are in, but that doesn't fit. So it's interesting. Well, I also, I don't know. I mean, it's like Joshua said, it's not like they were eating every, that, it's not like that was every single meal. Like we've all had a boxed lunch before. Um, and I know that these players are used to a much higher standard, but I thought it was a little bit silly that they were all complaining that they were eating a sandwich, essentially. Like, I, I don't well, I think, think the, the jarring point was the price point. Right, I mean, sixty-five dollars was shocking. The, the like, teams, you could have delivered me anything, and sixty-five dollars would have been too much. The teams <laughs> apparently covered that, but uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it was the Griffin Yows or Kevin Paredes that we've come to know that were yeah. complaining about the sandwiches. Oh, yeah. It was the the guys that forgot the long travel days, uh, or maybe never even got to that point because they were so good. I don't know. I don't know. For me, after what three or four months of having to cook for yourself in your house, just having something that somebody else has made for you, uh, that's good enough for me. But uh, Go figure. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how that goes. I'm sure that the players will not stay quiet about the conditions as they remain in Orlando. So. Yeah, you know, before we dig into to really the, the deep preview of the upcoming game here, um, we do need to talk about the other team in town, the Washington Spirit. Um, NWSL. Sam, I beat you this week to it. I know. <laughs> you Sam likes there. to throw into the show notes somewhere, like, we should talk about this and hide it from We me. should talk about it. I'm not I, trying I, to beat, hide I beat it. you this week. Uh, 
Spirit opening up with a big 2-1 win over Chicago and a, a frustrating 2-0 loss to North Carolina, but North Carolina is a good team. Yeah. I, I don't think that there's a whole lot to, to yeah. be terribly upset about, but tonight's a big game uh, for the Spirit. They take on Portland uh, at 10 p.m., which is far too late, but I guess we got to get used to those games for, <laughs> for what's coming forth, but what are you guys' thoughts about how the Spirit have been doing so far in the Challenge Cup? I, I think it's their win was convincing, and then their game against North Carolina. I, I've watched North Carolina's game earlier today. It was a rematch of the 2019 final between them and the Red Stars, and they just look inevitable. I I watch North Carolina, and everywhere they're good. So, And they, I think they even rested Dunn today, which I don't know. So I think they came into this tournament as a team to beat the Courage, that is. So I can't take much stock in, into the Spirits' loss against them. It'll be interesting how they come out tonight. If they come out and win, then I think all signs point to another rematch of them against the Courage. Um, but it, it's been good quality soccer so far. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see because um, I think they were saying at one of – I think it was going into the North Carolina game, they were saying that um, a lot of the national team players are on minute restrictions. Um, and it's not I, – I don't think it's a per-game thing. I think it's like an overall thing. Um, so they were talking about – I mean, what that's going to mean for Rose Lavelle and Washington Spirit. And obviously, um, you know, she played a lot of that North Carolina game. We were trying to win that. But, you know, as as you go forward, it's more must-win situations. So it, at what point do you is like, it a, rest her? Is it a minute limit for just, just to keep them injured? There, there's nothing coming up, right? Or am I just missing something huge? Are, are they just worried about them just overstressing in a very short amount of time? I think, yeah, I think every, everyone has been – I mean, it's it's a threat – that's why you're seeing these water breaks. That's why you're seeing these five subs. You know, it's it's a threat to everyone, really. That you I mean, half the team stayed at home, so I don't feel like they're going to really, really be too stretched too thin. But <laughs> I'm just I, saying. I'm still upset about that. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. I'm a little peeved, but I, I'm I'm upset at the minute restriction for Rose Lavelle. She's magic on the ball. I think she's probably the greatest player in American soccer right now. I mean, Pulisic is balling out for, for Chelsea right now, but watch Rose Lavelle. She is she's like the messies of the world. She just looks different on the ball. She can do whatever she wants. It's crazy. Tune in. And if you look at the the standings right now for the results that you've seen so far, you've only got the courage with their three wins. Every other team has had at least draws, you know, the spirit sitting in fourth right now with the the one win. Uh, That's solid positioning and going into the the tournament. That's what you'd hope for. It's fourth tied. Oh, you're right. It is fourth. Sorry, the other two teams uh, but, have two. But draws. does it matter? It just matters what your seed is. Everyone makes the playoffs because pride stayed well shameful. Yeah, because um, <laughs> the pride happened. Um, it, it used to be as simple as don't come in last, but yeah, now you just it's so, just the seeding exercise. So if there is a minute restriction, I wouldn't play Rose Lavelle at all. Just go as hard as you can in this inevitable playoff games that you're going to have. Uh, it'll be interesting. I, that's the way I've approached the game so far. I, I, like I said, I'm not taking too much stock into the, the courage spirit game, but it will be interesting when it comes to crunch time for these teams to go when there's, it doesn't matter, you know, what minute restrictions you're on and, and you know, this is lose or go home. I think we'll see some really, really good games. I, I turned off Liverpool today to watch the, the NWSL game. That's how boring the Liverpool game was and how good <laughs> the NWSL game was. That was a good choice. It, it well, won't. and it does it, it does still seem as if uh, the Villa are, are going to be relegated. And we should we should transition. That's a good transition into into world soccer here. Um, I, look, guys, 
for a long time listeners of the show, you know, I'm a Leicester City fan. You know, James Vardy's one of my favorite players of all time. And we got to shout him out. His 100th uh, Premier League goal and 101st yesterday. Um, as a matter of fact, if you're going to watch him, you could probably skip the 100th because it was probably his easiest goal in his career. Um, <laughs> the 101st was much more impressive, and it was exciting to see uh, Leicester City get somewhat closer to back on track. But I, I think all three of your teams at this point are more exciting to watch than, than Leicester City. Uh, well, 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 let's not take away from Vardy's. I, I, I'm glad we have video because now people can see me like walk off when you go on these little Leicester City rants. But uh, the 100th goal was a striker's goal. He was in position to receive the square and put it away nicely. The one-on-one was classic Vardy running against a defense on a counter. Uh, it was really nice. And I'm really sad that I know all this because I watch almost every single Leicester City game. Now I'm so proud of you. Uh, they're really not fun to watch. Uh, Wolves, not fun to watch this week. They tried something different. Uh, Nuno, the, the manager for Wolves, uh, has been masterclass since coming back. He had nine points through three games. And then he tried something really weird this week against Arsenal, which are a big team. But they have... Wolves have a bunch of games uh, against mid-table teams. It'll be interesting to see whether where those Champions League spots uh, end up. It's it's a tight race, and and our guy Pulisic is is part of that with Chelsea, and he's playing like I mentioned earlier when I was talking about Rose. He's playing next level, like he's the best player for Chelsea right now. It's crazy. You know, it's kind of a weird feeling, obviously, with the season being delayed and not resuming until June. But we've got the same kind of feeling that we do normally watching the season at this point. You've got, what, five, six games left. You pretty much know which teams are in contention for Champions League. You pretty much know which teams are going to be safe. And you know that there are a couple teams that are going down. So it's almost a weird new normal that, hey, this is soccer back to the, what we expect from it. Um, speaking of what we expect from it, it has been, as someone who's new to English soccer, it's been very weird for me to watch this whole, like, lineup thing that, that's happening oh, for that, Liverpool. the guard of honor what? is just savage. <laughs> that's, like, the silliest thing I've ever seen. It's, uh, it's something that I obviously learned about the, the, the year Leicester won the title, but uh, it's very uniquely English. You don't see it really in any other leagues, even even leagues that, you know, play just like the rest of Europe where there's no like additional um you know there's no like post there's no playoffs right yeah um, and they they don't really do it in other leagues it's it's uniquely English and I, I was actually surprised to see that they did it under these current pandemic conditions but the, the socially distant guard of honor uh has, has been interesting to see as well I just I don't I don't know that feels like I would hate that as a yeah, fan. Like, <laughs> if Red Bull won the cup and, and DC United had to sit out there and clap for them, uh, it would just be gross. Yeah, I, I don't know. And I, it's it's I, just I understand like, the prestige and it's literally honor, but I yeah. I kind of don't though because it's like it's not like the teams at the end of the at the end of your season mean anything, right? It's not like those are like the hardest teams or whatever. Obviously, like uh, I say, obviously I don't actually know. I feel like Liverpool has won it like pretty early this year, but like the the yeah. teams. They didn't do anything. Like, it's not their fault. Like, why are they the ones who have to stand there and clap? It feels, like, a little insulting, I, and they don't deserve it. It's just well, weird. I, so I think, I don't know. I, I guess I have a slightly different take on it. I, I think, I mean, especially what Liverpool did this year was impressive. I mean, they they, they were the best team by a mile. Um, but I, I do think it was a bit interesting. The first guard of honor was against Man City, who will probably finish second. They've won the last two titles. And, you know, Man City gave them the guard of honor, and it was 
great, and then they went on to blast them in the game. And yeah. I, I think there's almost a little bit of motivation for the team that, you know, is playing against the champions because it's like, all right, this is nice. You know, we get, we'll celebrate you getting in the game. And, and you know, Man City kicked their ass in that game. There's no way. <laughs> I mean, Liverpool did not look like champions uh, midweek. Yeah, and that's a good point you make. If you don't want the team to experience the God of Honor for the six, seven, eight games that they get to do it for, do better. You know, keep it closer. But, but you're talking about the team that that hasn't played them yet. So like, and then uh, this is my first full season watching, really like caring about Premier League soccer, and it's just sad watching Man City crush Liverpool the other day, and then Man City came out so flat today and lost to Southampton. It's I appreciate MLS playoffs for the craziness they are. I have always done that, but I appreciate them more now that I've seen this wacky end of season time in the EPL, especially this year. I am glad that we don't have to do a guard of honor for the supporters shield winners. Every time they play a game down the stretch, I will admit that Americans wouldn't stand for that. Like, are you kidding me? I think we got to everyone's team except for blacks. And he has the most to, to talk about today. You talked about uh, your trials and tribulations. I didn't talk about Leeds, though, and they won. I'm sorry. Your two teams <laughs> lost. Leeds came out balling. Like, that was rude. For the once. But uh, but Newcastle. Yeah. I'm sorry. A, where are the Wolves? Very entertaining game. Yeah. I'll let Black speak to it. Newcastle, you know, a great 2-2 draw. Uh, I think going into it, you might hope for a, a, a win out of the game against a bottom half of the table team. But you've got to take, you know, coming back twice from being a goal down. Goals from Shelby and Almiron, uh, former MLS product. Uh yeah, they're very comfortably, you know, staying up this year, which, you know, there have been some years that have uh, been a little bit different there. So to have Newcastle be safe, you know, a lot of questions about what their future is going to look like. Uh, who knows if this uh, ownership change is going to go through. Uh, lots of drama going on there, but we'll have to keep an eye on it and hope that uh, we get a good result soon. Well, you, you guys talked about it a little bit earlier, but, I mean, I, yesterday for me was – total relaxing day watched more soccer than it feels like I've done in, in a long time which was great and you know talking about Pulisic and Chelsea first of all as part of the Champions League race you know I think I had a tweet about it but it's it's funny to watch I mean Pulisic has earned some well-earned penalties uh, over the past couple games but I, I have to laugh because it, there's just no way he gets some of those calls for the Stars and Stripes and CONCACAF it's not happening uh, and so I, I hope that he doesn't you know come back to when we have these international games down the road and thinking like, oh, I'll just win some of these penalties again like I am in England. Like, it, it, it doesn't work like that every year. <laughs> I don't know if you guys had a similar reaction. It, yesterday's was well-earned, but I think the midweek game, I was like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, he, he just takes fouls the whole game. That's what I've noticed. Is they, they, no one, oh man, I don't want to say no one in the EPL, but no one that I've seen him dribble against has been able to stay with him. And then he gets fouled. People draw yellows on him every time. It's crazy. Uh, but like you said, John, is, is that going to be a viable strategy in CONCACAF? No, because he's probably going to get his leg broke before he gets a penalty. Right. Um, <laughs> well, maybe not the penalty, but maybe he can, you know, draw those cards. I think that in CONCACAF, I mean, it's going to be a lot of the same. It's not like there are, like, a bunch of players over here that are going to be able to match his skill level. So I think, you know, he's still going to be able to, like, ball out. And, and yeah, he potentially he's just drawing the yellow cards. And then, I mean, you always want to have the defense of the other team sitting on a couple of yellows. So... And who knows, you know, the, the referees watch the games too. You know, they watch international soccer just as much. They're fans of the game as well. Who knows if having a guy like Pulisic raising his profile, being a you know a force in the EPL the way that he's 
showing himself to be if that's going to translate coming back to games domestically. Yeah, you probably don't want him uh, seeking quite as much contact in a, a game in a you know a less than ideal field conditions and that you really need to win. But uh, I think we might be pleasantly surprised when we do get to see national team soccer again. I, the one thing I want to, I actually want to pose this to you guys. Do you think the Christian Pulisic number 10 experiment for Berhalter is over now? He's a left winger through and through, or, or do you continue to play him centrally to get him more on the ball? I think Berhalter is going to do whatever he wants to do. Like, I think that he has like stood up to all of U.S. soccer and been like, you need to trust my process and you need to trust what I'm doing. Am, I, am I, I'm not saying that I agree with him. I'm just saying that like, I don't see him being like, oh, I'm just going to change around the entire team for this one player. That doesn't feel like Bill Halter I, I No, no, not change the scheme, but Pulisic was played as a 10 for yeah. the U.S. Men's National Team. He is a left winger. He's a world-class left winger. Chelsea have – his performance with Chelsea have shown that. You, you think Berhalter still plays him centrally? I could see it – If we don't win and Pulisic plays it comes down 10, who do you put at 10? Yeah, right? I mean, like I think that's, better 10 that's how he's building his team. Exactly. I could see him like a couple games, maybe like you sub out like the left wing and you push – Christian over and you put someone else in the middle like I could see like him being a little bit flexible in it but I mean Christian's like the best player on the men's national team right now and typically that's the guy you have in the middle controlling play and like directing where everyone's going so I don't necessarily see their halter and again just the way that he's talked to media and the way that he's defended his plans I don't see him like making a huge overhaul change well, and that's one of the problems that we've heard about U.S. soccer for an extended period of time now is that the best players when they're youth play in that central attacking midfield or you know in a central midfield role because that's how you get them most on the ball most involved in the games that's how they play all the way through their club soccer playing through high school and then when they come out you know perhaps there's a better spot for them but they don't necessarily transition as well now obviously pole six come through a european system so kind of a slightly different model there but i think the american mindset on it's still going to be hey this is our best player let's see how we can get him as much involved as possible and that's probably in the middle of the field i think you're right that if we get a way to uh replace him in the midfield and let him move out to the wing then you can have success there but at the end of the day when it comes to crunch time i think you're going to have to go with hey this is how i get my best people on the on on the field and see what happens particularly with the limited amount of time that the national team has to train with each other uh, at some point, you'd have to roll on the talent. And it blanks on me who – I know he's from FC Dallas. The the kid from FC Dallas is potentially a number 10, but I, I, I would hate to see him out of position after watching him dominate in that so far. Um, it's really sad that we haven't been able to see the, any of the other guys. Josh Sargent was kind of just mediocre for Wolfsburg, but Wolfsburg were mediocre, so – what can you even say for that? Is it his fault? McKinney was on a different level than a very bad team for – I forget the name. I don't even speak it anymore. I know it's shocking. Okay, well, and he, and he might be moving, right? <laughs> I've seen rumors that he could be He could be moving to the front. If he goes to Everton, like it has been, has been rumored, that would be huge for him, for U.S. soccer, and for – I mean, I would buy the jersey. I think – And a yearly opportunity for him to finish mid-table. So. Oh, man. <laughs> That's big talk from a team that has, what, how many points? Oh, three, four, five, five points through four games? I think... Uh, it's, it's been a slow restart, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> I think the exciting thing is that we have many more years of 
soccer to watch these kids play. Like, yeah, Christian's not like the 17-year-old kid that he was when he first came onto the scene. But no, like, he's only 21 now and a yeah. world-class player. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, we have so many more years with him and, like, realistically, probably a couple different men's national team coaches, right, the way we go through them. So I think that it'll be oh. – I think that we have a lot of – Christian Pulisic playing for the men's national team to watch and I think that that will mean different positions at different times like when the team needs it and I, I think he'll rise to the occasion I think maybe it isn't always going to be his very best game but I think that he will always give it his all and he will always be one of the best players on the field boom roasted said Sam to any <laughs> present or future head coaches of the U.S. men's national team we'll give Sam the last word there as we throw a break uh we've got Roy Belayda and Sam Leg of DC United live from inside the bubble. They're going to join us uh, coming up next here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than two minutes. Can't listen to us live on YouTube? Find Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or Pocket Cast the morning after the match. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 90 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening live. If you want to join the conversation, let us know what you think in real time using the chat on YouTube Live, on Twitter using the hashtag TriedandTrueDCU, or text us at 202-892-6328. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 60 seconds. Let us know what you think between games on Twitter at hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU or email us at TriedAndTrueDCU at gmail.com. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 30 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. Again, that's Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. And we should be back from break now. Uh, John, can you hear us? There we go. I, I think I got it. It's my first day with with the audio and the mixer <laughs> and the visual, trying a bunch of new things, just like the it's MLS still, back. It's a version of preseason for all of us. Try and true the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. But we're happy to bring in uh, Roy Maleta and Sam Legg live from the MLS bubble. Guys, welcome to the show. You both look well. Um, how are things going so far? Thanks for having us, first off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Thank you, guys. I mean, for me, it's been great. Um, Roy always does a great job at organizing things, so um, it's been it's been smooth sailing for us. Been getting a lot of Xbox time in uh, <laughs> during the quarantine hours, and then everything else, just, you know, getting getting ready with training with the team and and. Uh, 
just good to be back with everyone. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a good trip so far. A lot, there's a lot going on. It's kind of like a preseason on steroids. Um, <laughs> there's a lot that is not in our control because obviously it's kind of a league-wide thing. But um, but yeah, it's going well so far. Just trying to get in the groove of, of being here and get to know the hotel and the training fields and all that. Those you know little nuances of being in a new place. Yeah, so I think the most important question, are you guys in the Swan or the Dolphin? Oh, I don't know if we can legally uh, release oh, that, that That threw you a curveball. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep all of our listeners guessing. We're in a better hotel. I'll just say that. <laughs> Only the best for the black and red. Uh, so before we get in too deep, um, you know, Rory, you're, you're a veteran here on Tried and True. You're actually tied uh, with Paul Ariola and Kevin Freitas for the most guest oh, appearances. Wow. Nice. Um, and, and Sam, of course, has, has set up all of these guest appearances. But Sam, for our listeners who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about um, your role with the club and, and what you do for DC United behind the scenes? Yeah, I'm mostly there just so Ben Olsen has someone to yell at uh, on a daily basis. Um, but no, I do uh, communications, media relations. So um, I've got a, I've got a close ties with the players and just on a daily basis, you know, around games, on at training, coordinating interviews with those guys, uh, making sure their stories are told and making sure that, uh, uh, you know, DC United is getting discussed in the media on a daily basis. So that's kind of the short, the short story of it all. No, oh, that's awesome. And Rory, for our listeners who missed your first appearance on our show, can you give us a little quick refresher on your role with Black and Red? Absolutely. Um, I am the director of team administration. So I deal with all the logistics, all the travel, uh, meals, flights, hotels, new player signings, um, assistant, goalkeeper, coach, uh, part-time DJ. <laughs> I saw a mean left foot on in a video. What else the we got? Day. Duties that we got going on here. Yeah, it looks like excellent shot taker. You had a, a pretty but nice the... left-footed shot. Just <laughs> like on Twitter. Every once in a while, I hit a good one. <laughs> Nice. Well, um, so, you know, in your roles with DC United, um, I think fans kind of think of you all as probably working together a lot. Is that the case? How long have you all worked together? Um, and how do your jobs intermingle? Me and Roy do everything together. <laughs> we we uh, work together. We live together. We, uh, we're basically inseparable. But um, at least from my point, Rory, Rory kind of, uh, you know, he's, he's in charge of all the logistics for the players on a, on a daily basis. So, we're, we're pretty close in terms of, you know, coordinating times because everything kind of has to be in sync. So um, with Rory's help, I can make sure that, uh, you know, I get the players for interviews at the best times and, and make sure we're organized on that front. For sure. Yeah, I mean, we work, uh, you know, obviously daily close together um, all the time and not only organizing that kind of stuff, but making sure all the Latino guys know what they're doing. And if I need to translate for those guys at any point uh, for interviews, you know, that's when we'll work together as well so you know it's just like sam said making sure we're in the news we're talked about and, and our players are, are our biggest asset there so i'm happy to help coordinate their uh, availabilities and i'm as i'm as assistant when uh, when needed <laughs> pretty much yeah when we were trying to get you guys lined up for the show we talked to, to zach uh as you guys probably you guys probably know zach and we, we try to get some dirt on you guys but he he said the best way to get dirt on either of you guys is to ask the other any embarrassing <laughs> funny stories you got on each other or any, anything oh, crazy happened since you've been down in the bubble since we've been in the bubble 
I don't think so, right? No, not in the bubble. It's been a. Uh, it's only been what two, three days. I mean, we've been here, yeah, since Friday. What day is it? Sunday, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very um, quarantine answer. What day is it? Nobody. No. <laughs> I just know the number days. Like we arrive on the third, we play on the tenth, and then I, you know, if it's a Sunday, a Friday, a, a Wednesday, who knows? But um, yeah, I don't. I don't know my if we. My only tidbit is uh, I heard a secret that Rooney actually left because. <laughs> Because he was tired of sharing some stuff. No one's heard that already. He retired on athletic articles by the end of his, his stint in D.C., right? <laughs> yeah. I was a little easier to uh, get a hold of, I feel like. <laughs> well, you know, Rory, last time you were on the show, we talked a lot about all of the different moving parts that go into making an away game happen. And, you know, with this tournament being the unique experience that it is can you talk a little bit about kind of how the preparations worked and how that's different from your normal traveling to an away game yeah um it's totally different it's just the complete opposite of traveling for an away game but this is more like preseason just because we're away for so long um and it kind of is a preseason just to like get the guys ready for this tournament right um but everything is controlled by the league basically so they've set up you know all the flights, the hotels, they did, you know, we didn't pick this hotel, they picked it. Um, so they're basically in control of everything. And I, I credit them a lot. We have a great um, MLS team travel, team operations uh, department, and they're incredible and um, did a, a lot of the legwork for, for us, which has been great. That doesn't mean that there's no work to do. You know, I still have to make sure we get down here and make sure who's going and where they're going to, you know, what rooms they have and how our setup is going to look like. And I rely on, on the rest of our department, our equipment department, our athletic trainers, um, to help me and, and figure out our preferences and, and that kind of stuff. So it's it's quite different, but uh, like I said, they kind of did the framework for us and then we just fill in the gaps. Uh, you know, training times, where we want the bus here, when we need to leave, you know, are we doing two sessions, one session, we go to the gym, all those things like they've lined up for us. Then we just pick, okay, this is what we're doing. This is what we're not doing. Um, so it's 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 been a, quite the last... I'd say three weeks since we really knew, okay, this is happening because the previous probably four to six weeks, it was like, okay, I think this is happening. There's rumors about this, right? We didn't really know. Nobody knew uh, until we finally got that one email. Okay. We're having a meeting because Orlando is happening. Uh, so that was exciting. Obviously, as soon as it became official, it was, it was great to, to plan and it got very busy. And I always knew, uh, I might've said this before, but I always knew that, uh, when we started after this quarantine, it was going to go from zero to 200 miles an hour. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I believe it. And I imagine there's an added element to that, trying to, to plan around all of the different health uh, guidelines and uh, procedures that the MLS has set up. How has been complying with that been? Yeah, I mean, everybody gets it. Everybody understands it. And you know, everybody is following the rules here, wearing their masks, um, obviously, except in our rooms uh, is, is everywhere else. You have to wear a mask and training um, for the players, at least. So, you know, because we've been doing it for the past two, three weeks at home, uh, that kind of stuff, it, it makes it a little easier to transition to here. But things like eating, we always have a server behind the glass who serves our food for us. Uh, there's basically no other staff anywhere in the hotel um, so that there's like a little contact between players and those people who are not in the bubble um 
So they've done, again, to MLS's credit, there's so much to think about there and so many little details to think about and kind of work out that they've thought of basically everything. And the things that they haven't thought of or thought through maybe as thoroughly, that'll get brought up by you know, us or the athletic trainer, stuff like that. And, and they work as quickly as they can to, you know, fix those things. Um, so it's been, uh, you know, a challenging, but it's the reality for everybody. It's not just us. Every, all 2016 are in the same boat. So um, just kind of have to deal with it, right? Make the best of it. We are live with DC United's Sam Leg and Roy Maleda here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. If you've got questions for Sam or Rory, Go ahead and send those in using the hashtag tried and true DCU. Uh, Sam, from your perspective, you know, what is your role then in this process of going down to Orlando? Have, have things changed a lot, of course, with player availability and how post game and things like that are going to work? You know, what does that look like from, from your point of view? Yeah, it's definitely been an adjustment, but kind of, you know, this, this is kind of a continuation of the last three, four months. Um, there's no, there's very limited media within the bubble itself, so it's pretty much limited to broadcast partners. Um, so it's not necessarily facilitating in-person interviews, more so um, still setting up Zoom interviews, phone call interviews, uh, and such. They also have like a media hub within uh, the the bubble, which is, uh, you know, you have to arrange that for match day minus two. So you guys will receive invites in the next couple of days about. Um, you know, talking to Ben, Ola Kamara, and Stephen Birnbaum. Um, so basically, it'll, it'll be a weird thing where they're doing a press conference, but um, they're in this fully lit room with like one person who's in charge of uh, setting up the call and, and them just basically talking to a TV. So uh, you, you've seen it kind of across the sports leagues, um, them kind of adjusting to that. But there's that. And then, you know, it's, it's similar for post-game press conferences. So, um, you know, it, It'll be one small room where uh, three players are talking to a TV. So um, it's been it's been different. It's been uh, it's been a unique thing, and we're still kind of learning uh, as each day passes. It's kind of fluid and changes here and there, but um, uh, more of the same of what it's been the last three or four months. So just getting those guys on the phone in front of the computer, whatever it is. Yeah, sounds great. Um, so before we move on um, to a little bit more about the team um, and the tournament, we do have some fan questions for you all. Some people did submit questions beforehand. Um, so, you know, obviously this is a crazy time. Um, is there one player in particular who's the funniest, who's been able to kind of lighten the mood or even, you know, just in the locker room in general? Is, is there one person in particular that stands out as being the goofball of the team? I mean, I don't know. I, I think you, it's it kind of changes a little bit, but the, <laughs> the three young kids, you yeah. know, Moses, Kevin, and Griff, they're always they're always a show. You know, <laughs> uh, whenever the the three of them individually have all the personalities and they're all great guys, but when you get them together and they're you know in the locker room or training or whatever, it's just it's always a show. It's always a show. I mean, collectively, we have a really good bunch of guys. Like we do, for all... sure. They're all great. Like they all have really good chemistry. There's a ton of banter going on. Um, you know, I'm sure you saw on our Instagram Instagram uh, story today, Fred running around just just yeah. doing silly things to lighten the mood. So um, everyone kind of has a part to play in it. Uh, so we, we try and keep things fun for the most part, and the players players are great. 
That's awesome. Um, we have a couple Disney questions, too. We have several of them, actually. Um, so I'll just kind of rapid fire them at you. Um, but if you could be any Walt Disney World attraction, which would you be and why? What's the now just for Sam and Rory, or how's this work? <laughs> oh, yeah, just for Sam and Rory. <laughs> uh, Epcot, the one where you go and drink a lot <laughs> at all the countries. <laughs> I've Solid. never been there, but... but... around the world, I like it. <laughs> there we go, that's what it's called. Yeah, I'd be the Tower of Terror, just because I'm tall, I guess. <laughs> nice. Um, so what is your favorite Disney movie? Lion King. Solid. Classic. Is like Pixar? Is Pixar Disney? I'll Mark, allow it. Disney, you know, uh, <laughs> um, I'll go with Toy Story. How about Toy Story? That's Classic. a good one. Yeah. Another solid, yeah. Um, so I think this would, you would have to have been there. Um, but if you could eat one Disney snack for the rest of your life, which would it be? Disney snack. Harry Potter World has butterbeer, right? <laughs> but that's universal, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it, is. it is. But you, Harry Potter, World. though, yeah. <laughs> when, oh, oh. Um, that's a that's a card, I think. <laughs> Wait, what's a Disney snack, though? Hold on. So since I know the person that submitted the question, we're talking about like Mickey premium bars or like Mickey shaped pretzels or you know, any of the things you can get oh, okay. in the parks or potentially at, at your hotel depending on what the menus look like. For butterbeer, apparently. <laughs> when my parents brought me to Disney, they didn't buy me anything. In <laughs> fact, <laughs> way too expensive for that. Yeah, it's been a minute since I've been down here. That's funny. Well, hopefully you all will get, maybe they'll they'll give you some Disney All right, we'll come back to that food. and let you know. Yeah. yeah. We'll follow up in a couple weeks. <laughs> um, all right, so just a couple more. Who is your favorite Disney character? Wally. See, I feel like I'm still on the spot here. I just, <laughs> yeah. I don't even. I'll be the beast from Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Awesome. Um, and then potentially the same, potentially different. But our last question is: If you could have any character as your avatar on Disney Plus, which would it be? I feel like it's generally the same, right? I mean, it, you could go different. Lilo. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Stitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Shifting more back to DC United things because uh, <laughs> we went on, on a tangent there. But thank you, fans, for the questions. Uh, what is the general? Yeah, thank you, guys. What's the mood around the team uh, being in the bubble and, and about the tournament as a whole? We've got to talk to a few players, but, but what's the general sense amongst the group? I mean, I think that just like anybody, uh, you know, there are some guys that are certainly – on the back, you know, in the back of their head concerned about the health risks and, and the few positive cases that have been coming up. But overall, I think the guys are excited. They've been excited to come back to train the last two weeks uh, at Audi, and they're excited to play soccer again. You can see it, you know, those videos that Sam was talking about on, on Instagram and on Twitter, you know, they're just, they're having fun. They're having fun on the field and we're excited to get back to work. So that's, that's how I feel. That's how some of the guys that I've talked to feel. So, Yeah, they seem hungry. They seem hungry just to get back at it on the field playing so um like rory said yeah there's a little bit of apprehension but i think for the most part the guys are just eager to to get the season back underway 
we'd love to hear it and that's been a common theme we've heard from the, the players we've talked to on the show they're all excited and ready to get back out there and uh, have the opportunity to win some kind of trophy and uh, represent the black and red for, for the players are they able to interact with people on other teams or are y'all pretty much siloed within your own organizations uh, within the the complex down there yeah, I mean, you you know, you're not really allowed to go onto anybody's floor or like go play PlayStation or something with another team. But there's a lot of outdoor games and spaces and stuff like that that they can socially distant hang out. Um, obviously, if you're just walking around the grounds, you can hang out too. So uh, the social distance, mask, all that stuff is is being reminded constantly, and there's signs everywhere about it. So we talk about it. You know, and the, as I said before, everybody's used to those rules and, and following them pretty good. So uh, they can. It's just a matter of being safe about it. Yeah, and no that's been the best part for me. Yeah. So for the first time in what feels like a decade, uh, DC United have a real live match this coming Friday uh, against Toronto. So what does the schedule look like uh, for the players, you know, kind of leading up to that and does that differ much from what a typical match day would be like, or, you know, match week would be like in the district or how, how does it differ from what the team would be used to under normal circumstances? I think the only thing different is just like when we train and, and kind of how we do that. Um, so like I said, it's, it's, this is much more akin to a preseason where we're having to go somewhere, train, you come back to the hotel, we eat all together. Right. So, um, that's I think more the mindset than a regular. Okay, we fly to Toronto, play this game, and then come back. Um, so it's it's pretty. I don't know. It'll be a pretty normal week, pretty normal build up to the game uh, on Friday night. Just the times, you know, eight o'clock is not too late, but our last game is at ten thirty, so that's going to be certainly an adjustment um, for the guys. Yeah, I think we lucked out. We didn't have any of those um, early nine a.m. games because that probably I know, I know. would have been an adjustment. <laughs> Um, so have yeah, you all uh, been to like the practice fields, the fields where the games are? Um, if so, how do those fields look? look pretty great to me. I yeah. got a nice round of ball there the, with, uh, with the team yesterday. It's great fields, great facilities. Um, good memories from playing, playing there back in the day. But I haven't seen the stadium field, but I'm assuming it'll be more of the same. Uh, they, they seem like they're, they're kept up really well. Yeah, they they could tear those those fields pretty well. So, um, you know, it's just the first couple of days, so we'll see how. Hopefully, they hold out, and hopefully, they continue to be taken care of properly. But, um, you know, there's gonna be a lot of soccer the next three weeks. Yeah, and we've heard some. I, I don't want to say rumors, but I, I think directly from Dan Garber himself or Don Garber that there's gonna be some new viewing experiments uh, for the. For the watchers, do you guys have any insights on that? What should we expect? Uh, we don't even really have a full broadcaster schedule. What should we as a fan be expecting? Do we do we get Bill Hamid mic'd up, or <laughs> are you guys working on that? I haven't had that request float by me yet, <laughs> but uh, uh, I haven't heard anything. I mean, I'm sure they're going to try and make it as interactive as, as possible, but uh, at this point, I mean, just from, from my side, I haven't heard anything. Uh, too in depth about that. Maybe we can get Rory with a body cam or something like that, and you can watch from the sideline. As I'm like holding up the subboard. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, from what I hear, 
I haven't seen any visuals themselves, but from what I hear from my league contacts, it's it's very cool and, and very interactive and very new. Um, and nothing like what we've seen so far in terms of sports that have come back. So I don't know what that means, but it's I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. You know, when we get to watch the first game on Wednesday, I think. Yeah, I, I will be checking Disney Plus for the Rory body cam sideline view, though. <laughs> Sam? <laughs> I'll put it out. I'll put it out. Yeah, my, if my phone hadn't died right before the show, I'd be putting the, the Bill Hamid body cam or uh, mic'd up request in. Since uh, if all I got to run at my Sam, that's that's easy. Um, <laughs> hey, we have uh, we have a fan question here, and it's something we've touched upon on the show a little bit before. Um, and, and I wonder a bit if it's different now that the whole team's back together again um, in close living quarters for the first time in a while. But um, our, our friend James from the UK would like to know who is truly the best at FIFA on this team. We, we figured I don't that think out. Any question about that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think we know, but we only had we only had one player in the tournament. So is it is it truly Kevin Paredes, or is there is there a, a dark horse out? It's no doubt Kevin. <laughs> yeah. I'll put all my money on Kevin every single day of the week. I know he's. I think Yamil's pretty good actually, and I think they've gone head to head a couple times. But uh, I always have seen it in the locker room them playing. But uh, yeah, Kevin I think wins it. You know two three times out of five right uh, are you gonna ask who's better between me and rory or oh we definitely need to know that <laughs> yeah i mean somebody's gotta go rory what do you think yeah i'm gonna uh next question please <laughs> the connection's breaking up something's going on <laughs> i think if there was less lag i might have taken down sam in the tournament but it was, it was a little tough That's... you know we'll see yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. there we go <laughs> We'll have to just convince Rory to get in the next one. You know, maybe as the tournament goes on, we'll get you all live on, on Twitter. It's weird. We'll I never see. got an invite from that. So. <laughs> it was we, we heard it's because, yeah, you, you have a PlayStation. We'll, we'll have to do the uh, next one on, on PlayStation. There's plenty of PlayStation players. <laughs> it sounds like we got a challenge moving forward. Yeah, <laughs> Sam, you talked a little bit about earlier about how uh, media is going to look like in the days leading up to the game. Uh, do you have anything more to share on what DC United is going to be doing around the game itself? Obviously, I know lots of fans will be tuning in to Tried and True as the go-to post-game show, but uh, what other things is DC United doing uh, media-wise for the actual game? Yeah, I mean, uh, we've got we've got Javi, who's our super talented uh, photographer down here. We've got Claudia, who's also down here, and, and she's great. So, um, you know, it'll it'll be different. I'm not sure necessarily what they have planned, but I know they have a ton of fun content, you know, trying to keep up with the guys on a daily basis, um, uh, interviews around that. She'll have a chance to do some sideline reporting while she's there. Um, but in terms of anything unique, uh, I guess you'll just have to tune in and find out. All right. We'll be watching with interest. And uh, obviously, Tried and True will be live after every game, so uh, we'll be ready and willing to break it down. That'll be great. Yeah, um, so this has been, you know, a great conversation about soccer and the team and you two. Um, but, you know, obviously there's there's more to life than soccer, and it's great to see D.C. United stepping up a little bit um, and, you know, showing that they're here for the community, they're here for their players, their staff. Um, so, Rory, we just wanted to ask you what it was like to um, host one of the critical conversations. You know, there have been two of them, but specifically you spoke on the um, sexual orientation and gender one. So what, what was that like for you?
We good? I oh, know. I'm back. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did you hear the full question? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yes, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was awesome. It was you know I I can't thank Sam and Zach and and our digital team, everybody who put that together. You know, thank them enough for letting me be a part of that experience. Um, just because it was it meant a lot for me to have the club do something like that. Even the one that I was not a part of the, the critical conversation on, you know, racial injustice and inequality. Um, that was awesome to listen to. And it was cool because they all knew each other. Right. So it was a, a, a cool vibe and, and really interesting to hear all their perspectives. Um, for us, you know, I, I think it was, again, I was just, it was really cool. And it was a, a interesting conversation for me to be, for me to be a part of just to listen to those other perspectives and other experiences. Um, but it was just another for me. The Disney Wi-Fi appears to be uh, defeating us a little bit here. No. <laughs> All right. Rory, it sounds it's like, like, like every back. 20 minutes it cuts out. Sorry. <laughs> no, okay. I'm back. Okay. I don't know where I cut off. <laughs> Welcome to the bubble. um i guess if you just have any final thoughts about you know what the what the team's been doing just broadly yeah i mean i think we have made it clear that it's not just a a one-time thing where we paint the field and take a picture and that's that right um you know obviously wearing a t-shirt is not the the end of anybody's problems either right it's continuing continuing to have conversations uh, and we've had a lot of them in the team you know, between coaches and players, between the whole team, um, individual players themselves, like there's been a lot of education uh, and a lot of conversations and a lot of questions that have come out of it. Um, You know, just in general, the Black Lives Matter movement, um, the black experience, you know, obviously I can't speak to any of that stuff, but I've overheard and listened to a lot of those conversations, which has been really enlightening um, and really educational for me, those players, those coaches. So, that's what means a lot to me for the club to, to be a leader on that side of it. Um, and we'll continue to do so. Yeah. You yeah. I mean, go ahead. I would say for what it's worth. I mean, I think the four of us are obviously huge sports fans. I follow a lot of teams and a lot of different sports. And I can tell you that none of my teams have come close to what DC United has done in the past couple months. And it, it just makes it, you know, even more special to be a fan of this club. So thank you to you guys and your, your coworkers for everything you've done over the past few months. Yeah, Sam, did you have anything to add? I know you weren't a part of that conversation, but obviously you've been a part of the, some of the behind yeah. closed doors conversations. Yeah, I just I think as a as a sports organization with such a you know a large platform, I think we kind of um, owe it to our fans, owe it to the people of the city to to use our platform to to bring attention to these things. And and you know, Rory's uh, a person who's extremely eloquent and and knows how to you know. Uh, bring awareness and, and talk about issues openly. And I think that's great. And I think all the, the work that we've done for, for Black Lives Matter is is a small step, but I, I think we, as DC United, have, have a platform to tell those stories. And, you know, like Rory said, I can't speak on, uh, you know, the, the issues with in, injustice and such, but uh, I think right now is all about, you know, listening to other people and, and educating yourself and, 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 uh, doing our best to, to support them. So, um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy. And it's a huge credit to, you know, Zach coming in as a uh, director of comms, you know, me and him have had conversations and 
you know, we're like, we, we have an opportunity here to, to bring attention to things and bring light to things. So um, we're, we're just happy to uh, just provide our, our small, small amount of support and hopefully, you know, push it forward. Yeah, we'll say too, um, after this conversation that I, that I led the critical conversation, you know, for me in the moment, it was just kind of another conversation that I had with, that I was having with two or three other members of the LGBTQ community. But I got a lot of response that I kind of didn't expect, um, whether, you know, even coaches, I had two assistant coaches talk to me, hey, like, and we've had multiple conversations since, even just before I walked in the door to join you guys. Hey, I, I thought about something that was said there, like, can we discuss that real quick? Um, so things like that, that are making people think differently mean a lot, but also show that these conversations are important, that they really educate people and, and, and give them a different perspective. Um, so whether it's about LGBTQ rights, Black Lives Matter and, and the Black experience in, in the United States, um, it's super important to, as Sam said, just in this moment, listen and learn more. Um, so with our platform, I'm, I'm really glad that we're helping people to do that. Awesome. Well, well, we appreciate all the insight that y'all provided on that. And I know there are several folks who are eagerly awaiting the opportunity to buy some of the uh, merchandise that y'all have been uh, wearing around. So whenever we have the opportunity to do that, uh, please let us know. Uh, our last question uh, is kind of a wrap up and it's something that we you know, share with all of the players and people who've been on. So Rory, you're off the hook. Uh, last time you gave us a great answer talking about uh your uh, love for the DC United pride numbers and gear that they put on the, uh, put out there on the shop. But for Sam, uh, we'll ask you to choose what is your favorite part of DC United gear? Or if you'd like, you can uh, try to give us a pitch for why we should put your name on the back of one of our jerseys. Oh, there's a large world of leg related puns. So <laughs> I could not pull off why it's important to have leg on the back of the jersey. Favorite thing about the gear um, it's black, so it's slimming uh, for the <laughs> most part. Um, I've, got, I've got so much gear at this point. Um, no, I just think the best part of the gear is wearing, wearing the crest, getting to wear it on a daily basis. I have so much so much of it at this point. Um, but for last name pitch uh, on the back of the jersey, uh, I try and do the legwork behind the scenes. <laughs> um, that's a good point. <laughs> Um, I'm like final appearance on Tried and True now. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe that is the first well, then if, uh, pun related uh, that old pitch. Never needs a super sub. I'll bring on the fresh love <laughs> from the from the bench. So that's what I'm going to go for. <laughs> well said. Well, listen, guys, you spent the last half hour with us, and we really, really appreciate it. We're so excited to get some insight from inside the bubble. Um, before we let you go, I just got to thank um, both you guys and, and the entire team uh, for unveiling the Supporter Content Creator Network this week, which Tried and True is proud to be a founding member of, and we look forward to uh, how that continues to grow and we continue to promote our, our brother and sister podcasts um, here in the DC United community. It's, it's been awesome, and we really appreciate the access and the time you guys have given us to help share with the, the Black and Red community um, all we can about, about DC United, especially in this super exciting time as we look to reclaim our reign and, and win the inaugural MLS's back tournament. No, we got to thank you guys. You guys do a great job and you guys are pretty relentless in, in your support for us. So we really appreciate it. Um, I know it's not always de easy dealing with me. You got to be patient at times, but uh, no, we really appreciate it. And hopefully this is just the first step forward. 
No, absolutely. And, and uh, same for you, Sam. I know I'm, I'm fairly relentless in trying to line up guests for the show, so we appreciate uh, all the support from you guys. Um, it's a mega episode tonight, so we're going to throw it to break. We've been teasing it the entire show, but when we come back, we got to break down real live DC United soccer coming this Friday. We'll talk about what the game against Toronto FC will look like, and uh, we'll try to get you to join the tried and true bracket challenge on MLSsoccer.com right here on tried and true, the DC United post game podcast presented by Heineken. Tried and true, the DC United post game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than two minutes. Can't listen to us live on YouTube? Find Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or Pocket Cast the morning after the match. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 90 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening live. If you want to join the conversation, let us know what you think in real time using the chat on YouTube Live, on Twitter using the hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU, or text us at 202-892-6328. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 60 seconds. Let us know what you think between games on Twitter at hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU or email us at TriedAndTrueDCU at gmail.com. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 30 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at TriedAndTrueDCU. Again, that's Instagram or Twitter at TriedAndTrueDCU. And we're back. Welcome back to the show here on Tried and True, the DC United Postgame Podcast presented by Heineken. And we do have a little bit of a stack correction to make. Um, thanks to Roy for, for letting us know that the Guard of Honor also happens in Spain, oh. um, which is good to know <laughs> because um, Real Madrid should be experiencing that as champions here in just a couple of, a couple of weeks, guys. So that, that's, that's exciting. And as we see Barcelona kind of fizzle out here at the end of the year, uh, looking forward to the La Liga trophy going back to where it belongs. Both the English and the Spanish have silly traditions in soccer for their champions. Sam is unamused by the entire thing. <laughs> I think it's silly. It just called me bored with the same two teams winning the league every single year. Luckily, I mean, that's not the case in MLS, so. At least in theory, we're headed back to the right team here uh, in, in La Liga soon. Uh, but we talked about it a bit before the break, and um, we've got something cool interactive with you, our listeners, again. Um, the MLS Soccer uh, Bracket Challenge is for the entire MLS's back tournament. And uh, Joshua, you created a group here for the tried and true community 
Um, and, and we've already gone in and entered our picks for this. This uh, for, for it's interesting. It caught me a little bit off guard. I was ready to just run down the picks, kind of like we talked to on the show a couple weeks ago. But you've also got to pick the wild card teams, and boy, that was uh, that was a challenge. I wasn't quite ready for that. It's tough. I, I think I've changed mine like two or three times already because I, I read a bit of news and like, Oh, well this changes that group entirely. And I know black black said earlier, he was just like, I I'm just looking at the team's caliber. I'm not trying to go into that rabbit hole of, of the dynamics in the group, but yeah, it's a fun thing. We got it up. Uh, we'll post and, and tweet out the, the link to our, our bracket. We, we set up a combined tried and true DCU bracket. So like we work together a little bit and then each of us put individual ones. We got some people, that are not a part of our show in there already. We, we can't wait for you guys to join. It should be a lot of fun. And, and we'll see who knows the most about MLS's back, I guess. I, yeah. I don't, I don't even know if you can like say this is like how much you know about MLS. Cause this is just a very different tournament, but it's fun. And I, I can't wait to brag against all you guys when I beat you. Yeah. And it's, it's a super easy format. Um, I mean, I'm not excited for that. You totally caught me off guard with that little brag. Um, uh, disagree. Gonna disagree. Right <laughs> oh, Sam, um, I know you're not talking. I saw your picks. Oh, Chicago fire. What? Listen, I, <laughs> I specifically said that I was going to have to go back and like, look at all the, the thing, whatever. Um, anyone can go in and see them. But what I was going to say is that, um, I hope everyone joins. It's, it's really, really easy. If you've ever done like, um, you know, the MLS, just like general torn, uh, the general bracket for postseason, it's very similar. Um, and you only have to make one and then you can join whatever communities you want to join. So you're automatically included in this overall one. Um, based on my settings, I was automatically put into the DC United one. So I'm competing against everyone else who um, has chosen DC United as their favorite team. And then I'm obviously in the tried and true one. And it's one bracket for every single one of them. So um, very easy. And I hope everyone kind of joins in with us for bragging rights and the ability to just, you know, tell Joshua that you beat him because I think he needs to be taken down a peg sometimes. I mean, the only person in, in the tried and true universe that could beat me at FIFA is the best player on the team, as reported by Rory and Sam just now. I, I, I think I fit in there between him and Assad. Okay, so our new King Joshua <laughs> is now <laughs> the supreme ruler of all tried and true. And given the way that the MLS uh, FIFA tournaments have gone down, I think we're just as fine that uh, DC United gets to settle it on the field and not uh, on the, the sticks for uh, Xbox or PlayStation. Uh, no, it, it's, it's a great opportunity to find a way to get more excited about some of the other games. I know almost all of us will be sitting and watching with bated breath for all of the games because MLS is back and it's a chance to watch. But if you need a little bit extra encouragement, you know, you have a chance to tune in and say, Hey, this is, uh, this is why I'm going to root for this team. Uh, it's very easy to fill out and, uh, we'll see what happens. No. And exactly like you said, it gets you, it kind of gets your mind into what I do when I play fantasy, fantasy football gets me into the NFL more. And I, sometimes try to play fantasy MLS, but it gets me more into the teams. I, I was looking at the bracket and I was like thinking about the dynamics of Toronto and how they're injury prone. And that just makes you one more invested in all the games, but also you have a little bit of a, of a desire to learn more about those players. It's fun. And it's very different from doing a fantasy league where you're choosing players and you're trying to build something week in, week out. That's one of the exciting things about this tournament is that you got three games to advance and then it's going to be a knockout it's it's a it's a different beast so uh i think we're all ready to watch dc united coming up this friday night versus toronto i was about to say speaking of we have an actual game to talk about we have an actual upcoming dc united game to preview right now 
I, I am so excited to hear you guys' analysis of this team and of Toronto without seeing them for so long. I mean, I think I, I think I said that to you guys in the group chat earlier today of like, I, I'm so excited for the show. I'm so excited to talk to Rory and Sam. I don't remember how to preview a game. It's been so long. Um, but you guys did some legwork and Toronto, um, they tied San Jose 2-2 in the first game of the season and they beat uh, New York City FC 1-0. They were the Eastern Conference, uh, or sorry, the, the MLS, Eastern Conference champions, MLS Cup uh, runners up. And of course, DC United fans will remember they knocked us out of the playoffs last year. Um, so this is a team that uh, – it, it was interesting. I heard um, Julian Gressel's interview on Filibuster uh, earlier this week, and, uh, you know, he's, he's just as hungry to beat this team as well because they, they knocked out Atlanta last year in the playoffs too. So I think there's a lot of players uh, in the black and red that are excited to see Toronto. Um, it, you talk a little bit about strategy in the tournament and, you know, really in, in, in these, like, World Cup-style group stage tournaments you want to have a – a winnable game to start, you know, get off on the right leg. DC United decidedly do not have an easy game to start this. There's, there's really no way around it. But if they can get a draw or if they can get a win against this Toronto team, they're going to be flying high to really start the group. And you know what? Toronto, as we talked about earlier, they haven't even showed up in Orlando yet. So you can talk about if that's you know, potentially an advantage for them because they're staying in their home market. But I don't know, man. Conditions are different in the bubble. Um, and so getting down there and getting used to things, it's. I think all of these first games for teams, as we've talked about before, are going to be tough. But, uh, you know, it's it's just it's so exciting to, to have a game. But I, I don't even know where to start to break this down. What, what are your guys' thoughts? What do you expect from, from Toronto? I mean, we had 15 weeks of not watching soccer or watching international soccer to see how these leagues are coming back. And, and every single time, it started out rough, except for the NWSL, which is, I would I would say they're on their own different playing because they only have eight teams, and most of them are international superstars at their level. But with this one, I, I ex- I'm glad that Toronto and D.C. United are playing first. Like you mentioned, it's it's a good that, – that's going to be the toughest game in their group, hands down. I, I don't think the Revs or – I can't even – Montreal. Yeah, I almost forgot about them because that's how they are in MLS. You forget about them. Um, I, I feel like I'd rather – face Toronto when they're rusty when they're when they just got off the plane a couple days ago if they show up at all and then you know then you know where you stand for the last two games you know if you need those those six points or or if you can rest some guys and get them used to I'm Toronto are a beast and I'm glad we're playing them first because we might have an advantage because of that well, and you wonder, too, about the delay getting down to Orlando. You know, we talked about when the, se- when the schedule first came out this year that you know, D.C. United might stay and play Orlando and Miami in the course of a week. It's a different environment playing in Florida than in Toronto. Uh, you know, it's still in the 80s up there, but the South Florida oppressive humidity is a another beast entirely. And the longer that Toronto waits to come down and get into it and training especially if you're talking about playing a competitive game for the first time in a couple of months i do think that that's going to be a rude awakening for them i think it's interesting and i think it's going to be just interesting to see how toronto do come out in this first game because um vanny in a press conference when he was talking about how toronto uh, had to push back their flight two days in a row he kind of said like i don't think this tournament is worth it like you're putting players health health at risk um so i think it's hard to like kind of give it your all and try to win a tournament when your coach is saying that it's not worth it publicly. I'm sure he's saying that in the locker room. Um, but Toronto is also a team that always comes out and like 
tries to win and they try to be one of like the powerhouses of MLS. And we've never really seen that from them, but they like to, I think, think that they are that. Um, go ahead. Oh, I'll, I'll straight up disagree with you. They were terrible for their first few years and then they were a powerhouse. They were absolutely, they were just voted maybe incorrectly the best team in MLS ever. The That's 20, false. The 2017 team with Giovinco That's and Altador false. and Bradley. No. Maybe the, it was a good team, but like I'm, I wouldn't say that was the best team in MLS it's not ever. And I also don't think the Conca champs we've ever had. I also don't think that they're like a dynasty. Like when you think about the powerhouse teams in MLS, I don't think you think about Toronto because they also kind of flail. How many? And they fall short frequently at the more MLS cups in the past few years than DC United has won. I'm not comparing games. them to DC United right now. I'm just saying that in general, I think that they think about themselves more highly than everyone else does because they're also like very injury prone, and that I yeah. think is a reason that it comes up short. But that just kind of shows that they don't have a really deep bench well and that 2017 team set a points record for the regular season so sure they were great but that points record has been broken the next two years it's hard for me to say that that's because well, there's 47 teams in the league now you're still uh, playing standard for games uh look uh, i i don't i said i don't necessarily agree that they were the greatest team ever but that team is still somewhat together i they have the talent uh it'll be interesting whether dc united come out flying or, or not because if it's just talent versus talent toronto win they do have the injury to achara who was the the difference maker in their first two games uh he unfortunately tore his acl he was an electric player straight out of the draft um a lot of fun so they'll have to work through that uh, and they're just coming back bradley's just coming back from an injury and, and josie is josie and so so maybe they they look like the toughest team in the group and, and they're an easy win i don't know well, and DC United has you know a history of playing Toronto well. You've seen some barn burners games against them, games that, like frankly, the last year uh, we didn't really expect to win that game going up on a midweek, and you know somehow come out with a tie, I believe. Uh, so it's a team that we can get results against. Obviously, when it mattered down the stretch, we had our hearts broken uh, in overtime playoffs last year. But for a group game, first game back, you know. Perhaps the D.C. United approach was going to yield benefits there because they're always well-disciplined. They're always there ready to grind out a game, and if that's what you're going to need to do in this tournament, then you're in a good position to do it. I, I think that's an interesting point. You know, D.C. United's very used to grinding games out, and, I mean, that's what we've seen the first couple games for other leagues have to do, right? It's just kind of grinding out a result. And that's kind of how we play all the time, but we also don't have the best, like, postseason tournament-style history in recent history right like we haven't always made it as far as we would have liked and you know as far as our potential could have taken us so those two things colliding like obviously I hope we go far but it'll just see you know how those things mesh together I think this whole tournament is just crazy and we're just gonna learn a lot as we go I I, oh good good please I I think it's really interesting for DC United like you guys said we're, we're normally the team that grinds out results but some like for brief periods, Ben Olsen has been able to get this attack electric. Patrick Mullins exploded for a little bit. Lucharu, we'll, we'll never forget. Even towards the, I think it was the middle of last year, where we were, no, uh, the second half of last year, we started to pick up results and stuff like that. But we killed Seattle. So does Ben Olsen figure it out for this tournament and, and DC not just go in and just like slay people? I mean, we don't have the problems we were worried about. At the beginning of the season, Assad is probably fully fit now, or, or at, as least, fit as at least as fit as everyone else because they haven't been playing soccer either. We got Pipa has been playing with the team for a while. I'm really excited for him. I, I just re-listened to our last episode. Dude uh, is uh, hungry. The other day, he's so hungry, 
and he's done it in this league, and he's acting like he yeah. hasn't. That's that's the quote that stuck with me is that he was he felt like he was seventeen again. Can I can I be that player again? And yeah. man, if he's even able to come close, DC United will be in a different tier. Well, it feels like a super sub, right? I mean, it, let's let's assume that he doesn't make the starting lineup, and we could be wrong. He may, uh, but but just having a guy like that. And we talked about it a bit after his interview a couple weeks ago, but like having a guy like that for the young kids on this team who, who we've really come to know and love to learn from, but also to, to either be out there on the field, you know, leading the team or to come in in a tough situation, you know, especially let's say it's, it's the third game and we need a win to move on to the next round and you bring a guy like that off the bench, you know, just, just a change he could bring to the game. And it's, it's, it's so exciting, but I, I want to play a little game with you guys here because I've had to dig into the archives. It's been so long since the last time we've done this. Do you guys remember the date of the last DC United game that, that we saw live in person? Well, I wasn't there. It was... Um, you were not there. It was March, March 8th or 9th. March 10th. March 7th is the date line I'm showing here. But, you know, to look back at that, and it was a crazy game. It was absolutely nuts. Inter-Miami had scored before we even got to the stands. We just got into the stadium. We saw it from field level before we walked up into the sports section. And DC United, of course, you know, got the equalizer on a wild uh, Miami could have been up 2-0. It was a red card. It was a penalty given. Assad hit the penalty. And then two minutes later, uh, Frederick Briant rocket to, to win the game in the 61st minute. But, you know, you guys had asked, what do we think the lineups are going to look like for this game? Um, fascinating to look back. It was a 4-3-3 for DC United in that game. It was Russell Knauss, uh starting at the outside back. Brian Bermont Mora, who was, of course, replaced by O'Neill Fisher in the second half when Mora got hurt. So I talk about fitness, talk about players being healthy. I assume Joseph Mora is healthy by now, but I, I don't know that we've heard for sure. So it'll be interesting to see if he cracks the lineup again. Um, Russell was playing more central in this game, if I recall correctly, um, with both Flores uh, and Yamila out wide. Uh, Yamil came off Chris Duryachim late in the game as we tried to cement the win. And uh, Ola Kamara actually got hurt early in the game, if you guys uh, recall. And Eric Sorga played a, a number of minutes there coming on 15th minute. So as we talk about lineups for this game, do you guys expect any surprises out of the gate? Or do you think Benny will go with something uh, similar to what we saw what feels like years ago, but back in March? I think for me, I think I expect it to look fairly similar to what we saw in that game. I do appreciate you running back through those injuries because at that point, we were very concerned about what our attack was going to look like. And frankly, I'm still concerned. You know, our, our force up top is Olan, and you have Sorga and some other guys that can fill in. Don't uh, forget Peppa. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's ready to go up there. He says he doesn't score the goals. He, connects he does the score the goals. <laughs> he said he, he I'm fine it. if he says he doesn't, but he does. So goals I'm happen for when that. he's in the lineup, whether or not yeah. he puts them in or assists, you know. <laughs> go ahead, Black. Yeah, but when you talk about injuries and, you know, we were looking at potentially some major holes having to fill before, obviously, the season took a, a very drastic turn. And, you know, obviously we're hoping that we don't have to deal with issues like that, but if we have similar issues pop up in the first one or two games, it's going to be a shorter run for DC United. Unfortunately, we're just not a team that is deep enough that you can rely on the bench to carry you through, especially in a, a knockout kind of setting like we've got here. My prediction is that people will get more than 120 minutes. 
I think he might even start. Per game or throughout the group stage? <laughs> throughout the group stage. I mean, obviously, come on. <laughs> but <laughs> I think he gets more than the 30 minutes at the end of the game. I think you, in a short time period, against in a weird circumstance, you play the almost MLS legend, right, that we have for $100,000. I, I don't – Flores can play on the left – and, and that means it's Yamil or Iguain. And, and man, I haven't seen Yamil in a long time, but I have seen I have seen Iguain, and he he can play at a different level. I think another um, factor to this is how substitutions will be used, right? So like Ben is pretty, you Wrong. know, famously <laughs> known among the fans for not putting in subs um, when potentially we really need them, and now we have five subs at our disposal. Um, so, you know, we, we were talking about, you know, how deep is our bench? Like, who do you bring in? But, you know, is he going to utilize those subs? Because if he doesn't and he kind of runs the starters into the ground the first three games, like, I don't know what that would mean for us going forward. Like, I, I think he has to. I've always said that he has to sub more than he does, though, and he hasn't. So, but I think that that will be definitely a factor is how coaches utilize those subs. And I think this is one of the most versatile DC United teams we've had in a while. Gressel can play right back, right mid, right wing, center attacking mid, because that's what he did in the Miami game. And then you have Yamil, who can play in the center, but he plays on the left. And Flores, like I said, plays on the left, but can play in the center. And then Kamara, does he play as one striker, or do we put Sorg up there with him? I I feel like Ben has the options here. He's had his team with him for a while now. I hope that he utilizes them in a very smart way because that will be a bigger difference in these matches. We've seen it in the other leagues, and I hope that Ben is able to to make those adjustments and win games. Everyone disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I said, I think we're going to see a, a team that's very similar to what we saw earlier this season. I think Ben's going to have them ready with a game plan. Toronto is a familiar team. It's a team that you know has had a lot of success, and we don't quite know what kind of personnel is going to be there for Toronto. But at the end of the day, DC United is going to focus on executing their game plan and hopefully come out with a victory. Three points, guys. As I as I said to start the show, Major League Soccer is back. The MLS is back. Tournament kicks off for real. For real. Wednesday night at 8 p.m., uh, Orlando play Inter-Miami Club de Football at 8 p.m., followed up by Nashville and Chicago. If that one stays on track uh, based on COVID-19 testing, and we'll keep our fingers crossed for all of the players and staff that are in Orlando. Um, of interest to us in the Eastern Conference, continuing New York City FC and Philadelphia have the first early morning game that's Thursday at 9 a.m. And thank God DC United dodged those games. You're but, still going to uh, watch it, though. You're still of gonna course, watch it. of course. But, you know, it's, it's I'll be rubbing my eyes instead of sitting right in front of my TV, right? Um, but the other action in DC United's group, uh, Thursday night at 8 p.m., the Impact take on New England before Friday. The main event, at least for our audience, uh, Toronto FC taking on the Black and Red at 8 p.m. I believe this game's on ESPN, if I'm right, to, to kick it off. Uh, but either way, we'll we'll be coming at you guys with our uh, our, our game picks uh, pregame through through Instagram on Wednesday or sorry on, on Friday, and uh, of course we'll be live post game. It's been so long, uh, I can't wait. But we'll be live post game again uh, right after the game to break everything down. Uh, we'll, we'll see what sort of questions we can get uh, to the team, and we'll look ahead to DC United's next match as we progress through 
the MLS's back tournament. Uh, closing thoughts, guys. Vamos United. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what this new like fan experience is going to be. I'm fully expecting. It's interesting. Sam like said he hadn't gotten the request, but I'm fully expecting mic'd up players like they did in the um the All Star game. Yeah, when uh, Zimmerman went in for a tackle and got a foul, and the announcers <laughs> in his ear were like, "I didn't think that was a foul either," and he's like <laughs> laughing on the field. That's what I fully expect. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I do want the players to take it seriously. I don't want it to be quite at the level of an all-star game. But uh, we'll so- soccer is back in the United States. You know, We're rooting for the spirit tonight, and we'll be rooting hard for a DC United Friday night, and we'll come to you live after the show, ready to break down what is hopefully a victory. Yeah, absolutely. If, if you're listening to this show on the podcast, as we wrap up here, we'd encourage you to check us out. Uh, on, on Twitter Live or on YouTube Live this Friday. Uh, we, we debuted video today. We hope that it uh, went as well as we think, and we got some things probably to work out, but we'll we'll continue to work on that. Um, and, of course, join the uh, Tried and True Bracket Challenge, the, the, the Pick'em League. I tweeted that link out. Uh, so if you've created a bracket, it's really easy to just join the Tried and True group, or if you haven't yet, you can just hit the link from our Twitter page uh, and see if you can take down Joshua Morgan, who thinks he's just going to – he's got this in the bag already but i don't know i think i think we can take him Um, but but we're looking forward to talking to you guys live after each and every group stage game for dc united and hopefully long into the knockout stages um we'll see if we can bring back the call in line and and we'll do this thing like a real live post game show again right here uh coming up this friday on tried and true the dc united post game podcast presented by high